0: Let's turn in God's Word this evening to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes 7. This is the Word of the Lord. A good name is better than precious ointment in the day of death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. The heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, What is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, And by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider God also has set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous overmuch, neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldst take hold of this, yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. There is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. All this have I proved by wisdom, I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, and her hands as bands, whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Behold, this have I found, saith the preacher, counting one by one to find out the account, which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all these have I not found, though this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Thus far we read God's holy and an errant words. May God add his blessing upon the reading of the Holy Scriptures. The text that we consider for this prayer day service is verses 11 and 12 of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Beloved congregation, in the Lord Jesus Christ, the text that we consider this evening sets before us a comparison. The comparison is between two different types of defenses that are available unto God's people on this earth. The two defenses are, first, the defense of wisdom, And then, the defense of money. Verse 12, For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. The inspired writer then compares these two defenses, evaluates and critiques them, and gives his observation As to which form of defense is to be preferred? Which one is superior to the other? We do well here in the introduction to take note of who wrote this. God, the Holy Spirit, is the divine author, but who is the human writer? That sp- speaks here about money as a defense and about wisdom as a defense. We ask that question because I trust that you'll see that the answer of it gives validity to the claim that is made. Consider the possibility that it was a poor person who wrote this. Let's say it was a, an indigent man struggled to make ends meet, and who because of his poverty was jealous of those who were successful. And then that poor, jealous individual compares the defense of money, which money he does not have, and the defense of wisdom, and then he concludes after comparing these two, aha, wisdom is to be preferred. Well, if that were the case, would it not be the case that one would accuse that individual of bias? It's because you don't have any money. It's because you're jealous of those who do have money that then in an attempt to solace yourself for not having any money, you conclude that wisdom is to be preferred, so money isn't all that valuable anyways. That would be the accusation if the one who wrote this was poor. But who wrote it? Ecclesiastes 1, verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Solomon. Not only a man known for his abundance of wisdom, but also a man known for his unspeakable wealth. He had both. He had wisdom. And he had money. And now Solomon, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit, compares these two and concludes that wisdom Is to be preferred. Let's consider this evening the excellency of knowledge. First, we'll consider money's defense. Second, wisdom's defense. And then third, wisdom's superiority. Money's defense, wisdom's defense, wisdom's superiority. Defense. Defense is repeated in verse 12. Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. So what is this idea of defense? The literal meaning of the word is shadow. It sets before us this picture here of a man who is out in the middle of the desert. It's the middle of the day. There's no cloud cover. The sun is shining brightly overhead with scorching heat upon the sand of that desert. This man walking through the desert cannot find an escape from the heat of that sun. The sun is beating so relentlessly and such with such great strength upon this man in the midst of the desert that this man recognizes that apart from some form of shelter or shade being given unto him, he is going to die in the midst of the desert. And so this man plods along until at last he finds to his great sigh of relief, there is a solitary tree in the midst of this desert. And so immediately that man goes underneath of that tree, And with the branches and the leaves going out, he, underneath of that, is able to find shade which protects him and gives unto him relief from the sun. That's the idea there of the word defense. It's like a tree, a shade tree, that as an umbrella protects man from the scorching heat of The sun. We all want defense. We want defense because by nature we are vulnerable. We might be good at trying to hide our vulnerabilities, or we might deceive ourselves into thinking that we are good at hiding our vulnerabilities. But we all have things that frighten us, that give us a measure of anxiety, apprehension, concern. Some of us have vulnerabilities in our relationships with the neighbor, and a boss, an employer, who is intimidating, Frightens us, or a colleague who is competing with us for the same position at work. Some of us have vulnerabilities or insecurities about our looks, our appearances, and so we try to cover up these vulnerabilities. Some have fears and insecurities about the future because we do not know what tomorrow holds for me, for my children, for my grandchildren. What's going to happen to the church, the school, our homes? There can be fears that we have. In fact, it's because of this fear of The future that Solomon writes in the 8th verse, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. When we start something out, we do not know yet how this new venture will proceed. But in the end, we are given the benefit of reflection upon history that has already happened. We all have fears and vulnerabilities. The question is where do you turn for defense? Solomon does not hide the fact in, the, in this text that money does give a form of defense. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. That seems almost jarring to us, raised in conservative, reformed tradition, to concede that there is some defense found in money. There's the common saying, money can't buy happiness, and yet there is some form of happiness that money can buy. And the form of happiness that money can buy is defense. You can buy certain things with money that you receive to protect yourself. One of the things that mankind purchases is insurance. And he buys that insurance so that he can have peace of mind. So he gets vehicle insurance, home, health, property insurance. And then as well, there are physical things that one can buy for forms of defense. One can purchase a home, and that home has walls. and It has windows that can be locked and doors that can be bolted shut. And man, if he feels threatened or scared, can go inside of that home and there feel a measure of safety because this is my property with the walls of my homes surrounding me. Man can put up gates around his property, walls around the property. A nation can hire a military, armed forces to defend the The borders of that nation. Money is a defense. From a political perspective, one of the most powerful things that a nation can have to defend itself is currency. How much money does that nation have to buy the material it needs to defend its borders? Money is a defense. The defense of money is this as well. Money guards against starvation. And as well the fear of starvation. This is something that we hardly even think about. Because it's not something against which we have to struggle. Where is my food going to come from today? The poor person, the truly indigent person, worries about that. Where will my daily bread come from? But money is a defense in that it gives a person the ability to go to the store, and at the store, he has purchasing power. To be able to pro- provide for himself the food that he needs. Money is a defense. It's in light of that, then, that we note that the Christian is called to use his abilities to labor. God calls us to work, to be gainfully employed. And to use the money, the income from that, as a form of earthly defense. Now we must be very careful here in understanding, being reminded of what is our motive in working. Our motive in working is not to become rich. We need frequent cautions against setting our hope upon the things of this earth. Without our even realizing it, our mind can become consumed with thoughts of materialism, thoughts of a different vehicle, clothing, home. And our minds stir and stir over those earthly possessions that we want. The writer of Proverbs teaches us to pray Give me neither poverty nor riches, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Our Lord Jesus Christ as well cautioned against fretting about the things of this earth. Matthew six twenty six. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? As well, there is the familiar caution that Jesus Christ gives against materialism and riches. It's easier for a camel than for a rich man to enter into heaven. We labor not so that we might be rich, but we labor so that we might be able to provide for our household and to give to those who are poor. For money is a defense. And at this time of year, we pause and gather in God's house to seek God's blessings upon the coming, growing season. That's the purpose of the prayer day service to seek divine blessing upon the crops which soon will be planted, praying that God would give growth to those crops, that there would be the proper conditions in the soil for the seeds to germinate, praying that God would give the right amount of sunshine, the right amount of rain, so that these crops will grow up, praying that there will not be too much rain so that the crops are washed out, praying that God in the fall time would give to the farmers the ability to go out and to harvest those crops so that there will be food for us when we go to the store. That is the purpose of the prayer day service. But then as well, because in today's world so many of the jobs have moved away from Agriculture. It's a prayer then for those involved in any industry. It's a prayer for those who go forth to the shops, for those who labor in businesses, in hospitals, those who labor in schools. As well, a prayer for the labor of mothers in the home. A prayer that God would strengthen our hands so that we might go forth and labor faithfully in the station that God has given unto us. And a prayer as well that God would bless the labors of our hands so that we might have an income so that we can afford to buy the food that we need for money is a defense. Recognizing that... Money is a defense. We see that wisdom also is a defense. and We'll see in the third point that wisdom is indeed the better defense. Verse 12, for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. Wisdom, what is it? can recognize it when someone does not have wisdom. We're not always so good at recognizing when we personally don't have wisdom. It's different than knowledge, and yet it's related to knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time with the right motive. The right thing at the right time with the right motive. The wisdom that the Inspired Writer speaks of in this verse is not a natural wisdom. It's not a secular wisdom that can be found among the men and the women upon this earth who are devoid of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. There is such a wisdom There are people who have cunning, excellent amounts of wisdom and and understanding about how things work upon this earth. Some are brilliant when it comes to fixing things, being mechanically minded. Others have exceeding amounts of wisdom when it comes to handling money and finances. Still others exhibit great wisdom when it comes to relationships and knowing how relationships work there's many different forms of secular earthly wisdom but the writer here is not concerned about forms of secular or earthly wisdom the wisdom that he speaks of here is a wisdom that comes from above this is a wisdom that comes as a gift from God it is a wisdom that granted unto God's children by faith. For this wisdom, according to the end of verse 12, giveth life to them that have it. That's the power of this wisdom. And that shows that this is no natural or secular wisdom, but this is a spiritual wisdom. Wisdom. This wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This wisdom arises out of knowledge. We said wisdom is not the same as knowledge, and yet wisdom is not unrelated to knowledge. Wisdom is very closely related to knowledge. So closely related that the writer uses the words knowledge and wisdom seemingly interchangeably. Verse 12, Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge, there he switches to knowledge, the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. There is no wisdom apart from knowledge. That's how one becomes wise, by learning about that which is around him and seeing then the best way to proceed in those God-given circumstances. And so that's why, students, we must learn and must study. That too is our petition on this prayer day, that God would develop the young minds of the members of this congregation so that they might grow in grace and in knowledge, and someday might be able to use their hands in order to work and to gain or earn an income. It's knowledge. But specifically, the knowledge that we as Christians seek to grow in is the knowledge of God. Recall, this is a spiritual wisdom. That's the wise person, the one who knows holy truth. The wise person is the one who sees the application of truth to his or her life, and the person who then submits his or her ways unto truth. The wise person recognizes the authority of God's Word. It is not merely a suggestion, advice, but there's power in the Word of God. And that Word has the right to rule over me and show me how I must conduct my life on this earth. Wisdom. Doing the right thing. Think of the law of God. Doing the right thing at the right time. Do I come to church on Sunday morning? Or do I not come to church on Sunday morning? Doing the right thing at the right time with the right motive. Do I come simply out of custom or habit? Or do I come because I want to worship my God who created me? It's wisdom. Wisdom believes the truth contained in the Gospel. It is the truth of the Son of God incarnate. The truth of man's inability to deliver himself. And the truth of God's ability Wisdom, it's believing that the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ is poured out, who, although we cannot see Him, yet we believe His existence and His work in our hearts. Wisdom, it's believing the truth that the servant of the Lord died to redeem us, and that through His death, we are made alive how then does wisdom serve as a defense? Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. How then is wisdom? How is wisdom like this tree that's in the middle of the desert that shields us from the scorching heat of the sun that otherwise would consume us there in the desert. The power of wisdom is this, according to the end of verse 12, Wisdom giveth life to them that have it. That's the incredible power of the divine wisdom that is contained in the Gospel. It gives life to them who have wisdom. Let's look at some of the specifics here of what characterizes this... Wise person and how he is protected by this wisdom that comes from above. First of all, note with me that the wise person is the one who sees the need for protection from that shade tree. There's that man out in the desert and the sun is shining down upon him and he's sweating and he's losing all of his moisture from his body. And if he does not get underneath of that tree soon to find protection, he is going to die out there in the wilderness. That's wisdom. It's recognizing that of myself, I do not have the ability to make it through this earthly pilgrimage that's wisdom wisdom starts with humility for the proud person will never go looking for that defense, that shade the proud person will insist I have the strength of myself to do it the starting point of wisdom is humility James 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and that braideth not, and it shall be given him. Number two, how is wisdom a defense? It's a defense in this way, beloved. Wisdom is being able to receive correction. Similar to what we just said earlier, wisdom recognizes that I need help, so I look for it, but now to build off of that, wisdom is the ability to see that we need correction. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 5. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. This shows how much strength is needed to be a wise person, does it not? Only the strong person, the spiritually strong person, is able to receive correction the weak person bristles at the thought of any correction, any admonishment given unto them. A weak individual, and we all are weak by nature, as soon as anybody comes to us pointing out an area of weakness in our lives and where we ought to grow, Our our natural reaction is we put up the walls. Who are you to bring a word of correction to me? Don't like it. It takes great spiritual strength to be able to receive the correction and the admonition that the brother or sister gives to us. It's wisdom. That's a defense. It guards you. You and I need that type of admonishment one from another. It's part of why God puts us in the body. This iron sharpeneth iron. So one man sharpens another man. The day that we are unable to hear the word of correction from the neighbor, Is the day that we will stop growing spiritually. And then, what is wisdom? And how is wisdom a defense? Third, wisdom is knowing my spiritual identity in Jesus Christ. That's wisdom, it's knowing who I am, not just by nature. But it's knowing who I am in Jesus Christ. John writes, John chapter 10, that Jesus, the Good Shepherd, knows his sheep. He even knows them by name. But the amazing thing is that the names that Jesus Christ has for us as his sheep are not our natural names, but spiritual names that He gives unto us. What are our names? Redeemed. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Elect. Saints and faithful. That is our identity in Jesus Christ. Wisdom then is believing that that is true for me personally, and what a strong defense that is then. When you stand against that enemy who mocks you or who taunts you, it does not matter what words come off of their lips against you, for I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. When there is sickness, when there is pain, in one's life, then one remembers their spiritual identity in Jesus Christ. I'm bought with the blood of the Lamb and I belong unto Jesus Christ and nothing will ever separate me from Jesus. That's the defense of wisdom. The writer then compares Wisdom to money. Wisdom defends and money defends. He concludes that wisdom is superior to money. Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. I suppose many different ways could be pointed out in which wisdom is to be preferred over money. We point out just two this evening, one from verse 11 and then one from verse 12, which shows the superiority of wisdom over money. First, we see that wisdom is necessary in the realm of things physical, and that comes from verse 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. And another way that that could be translated is this. Wisdom with an inheritance is good. And the idea is this, that for an inheritance to be of any good unto an individual, for an inheritance to be a blessing to the recipient of it, it's necessary that that individual receive that inheritance with wisdom. That's the idea there. Wisdom with an inheritance is good. If somebody receives an inheritance, but that person, upon receiving the inheritance, does not have the wisdom to know how to handle that inheritance that is given unto him, and it doesn't matter how much silver or how much gold is given unto that individual, his life is not going to be a blessed or a happy life. And so it is that with regard to the realm of things physical, with regard to the realm of things of this earth, already we see the superiority of wisdom over money or an inheritance. For that money or inheritance does an individual no good lacking wisdom. Consider the well-known parable of the prodigal son. He wanted to receive the inheritance from his father. He went to his father, asked for it. The father gave him the inheritance. But what did that unwise prodigal son do with the inheritance? He went out and he squandered it until he was hungry and homeless. An inheritance without wisdom is no good. And so our prayer then is that God give unto us wisdom in handling the affairs of this earth. Truly, God has opened wide His hand unto us in comparison to generations that have preceded us, we are rich. Very rich. May God give us wisdom not to set our heart on earthly riches. Remember the difficulty of the camel. May God give unto us wisdom in handling these riches that we do not squander them. May God give us generosity with these riches, that we might give liberally to the causes of the kingdom. But then second, what is the superiority of wisdom? We see that not only in the realm of things physical, but also in the spiritual realm, wisdom is superior to earthly riches. Verse 12, the second half. The excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. How weak is the defense of money when money is compared to the powerful defense of wisdom. Money provides no absolute guarantee. Thieves will always break in and steel. Moth and rust will always corrupt that which is found upon this earth. With money comes many temptations, many responsibilities. With much money comes oftentimes a strain on relationships. weakness of money is especially this, money cannot overcome death. Money might be able to stave off death if one can buy the the work of the best doctors and the best nurses and the best medicine, but money cannot cure death. And that's the power of wisdom in comparison to money. The excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. The superiority of wisdom is that it guides one through difficult circumstances on this earth and thus preserves life. Money oftentimes vanishes during difficult times. The superiority of wisdom is this. It can never be stolen from you. No thief is ever going to take away this heavenly wisdom from you. The superiority of wisdom is this, beloved. The more that God sends you through trials on this earth, the more, as a general rule, God is pleased to give you wisdom. While earthly trials empty the bank account, they fill us with heavenly wisdom. And that's because the wisdom that God gives us is none other than Jesus Christ, For who is wisdom but the Messiah? John 6, verse 49. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. I am, Jesus says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, He shall live forever. May God grant us the wisdom of Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, how we yearn for the living water and the heavenly bread. How we yearn for wisdom which comes from on high. Thou in wisdom didst create the heavens and the earth and all that is therein. We thank Thee for not only giving unto us wisdom, but also providing us with food and drink as well. Forgive us the sins committed throughout this evening. Send us home with Thy blessing and grant us sleep tonight. For Jesus' sake we pray this. Amen.